Well, when you hear the NFL Films music, you know that that is the beginning of a We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Glad to be along with you here on this Wednesday, May the 4th, the day following the Ohio primary election. If you're a political person, you know the results are that our governor, Mike DeWine, is going to get to run for governor again. He'll be running against Nan Whaley, the... uh, Longtime mayor of Dayton, Ohio. And on the Senate side, the battle in the fall will be between Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance. How soon will that be coming up? Well, your Ohio State Buckeyes will have played nine games, nine, by the time we have a November election. And they will, I would imagine, be 9-0 and at that point in time. So we shall see as they are pretty stacked on the offensive side of the football and a mystery yet on the defensive side of the football. We'll see what they are with new coordinator Jim Knowles. We have a little looking forward to the 2023 NFL draft, an Ohio State basketball note, and apparently the sports memorabilia market is uh, also suffering from inflation, given some of the prices paid lately. We'll touch on all of that, but if you're looking for a good bargain, good merchandise, and a great reason to buy it, then I'd love for you to go to PatriotSwitch.com. Click on the down menu, How Did You Hear About Us? Click Bruce Hooley, and I will reach out to you. Phone, email, text, probably all three. Set up a time, talk you through what Patriot Switch is. It is a movement that will acquaint you with a way to buy everything you're already buying for your home. Just to buy it from a company that is, most importantly for this podcast, Pro-Life. It's a pro-life company. They manufacture and ship to direct consumer all the goods that you're already buying, and they are phenomenal. Uh, my family and I made the switch uh, a couple of months ago, and we love the products. I think you'll love them, too. They are very, very comparably priced to what you buy in stores. And you feel good about where your money's going because this particular company does not support many of the causes out there that, as a Christian, I do not support. So we will see if you have interest. I'd love for you to learn more about it at PatriotSwitch.com. Click Bruce Hooley in the down menu, and I will chat with you. I had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation uh, with a gentleman the other night, and uh, I will tell you a little bit more about him as the podcast progresses when we get to the faith portion of the podcast. So let me start with uh, the latest news from the Ohio State basketball program, and that would involve the addition of a transfer by the name of Isaac Likely. Isaac Likely. Now, Isaac Likely does not spell his name in the likely way. He does not spell it L-I-K-E-L-Y. He spells it L-I-K-E-K-E-L-E. Likely is kind of how it looks, but it's pronounced likely, and he comes to OSU from OSU, Oklahoma State, where he started, I think, 110 games? So this uh, young man has played a lot of basketball, and he's played it in a really good league because that's where Kansas, your national champion, comes from. Isaac Likely is a six-foot, five-inch guard, 215 pounds, got a good body, got some big, uh, big old dreads on his hair. So he'll be uh, he'll be a stylish dude out there on the court, and he provides what I would imagine is a failsafe against the point guard coming in. Bruce Thornton getting hurt or not living up to expectations. So here's what you're getting with Isaac Likely, a guy with a lot of experience. As I said, 110 starts and 114 appearances, four years in the Cowboys program. He's a 
eight, nine, ten point a game guy, uh, lots of assists, four rebounds, five and a half a game. It's pretty good for a guard, so he's not afraid to mix it up. Maybe we'll get a little Villanova taste out of Isaac Likely on the offensive side, although, again, you're not looking for 15, 20 a game from him. And I would say you don't want Mr. Likely shooting three-pointers. He made eight. 18% 18% of his threes last year. He only took he took less than one a game. Attempted less than one a game. And here's the real problematic number. 53.6% from the free throw line. I don't love a guard who can't make free throws. I don't love anybody that can't make free throws, but particularly a guard who has the ball in his hands. And if he's in the game at the end of the game, he's like a Chris Dudley waiting to be fouled. I mean, that's a problem. So hopefully they can straighten out his free throw percentage, get it up to 75%, because that is a bad, bad, bad number to have. But Isaac Likely, I'm not going to say, you know, he's a bad addition. He's not a bad addition. They wouldn't have taken him if he's a bad addition. Would I have rather had Malachi Smith? Yes, I would have. Southern Conference Player of the Year. Don't know where he's going, but he's not going here because we're fully scholarship now. So we'll have uh, we'll have a fair amount of experience. This kid's got a ton of experience. I would imagine they brought him in as kind of a mentor to Bruce Thornton. But here's the thing. Um, boy, I hope Zed Key learns not to be in foul trouble next year. Because without another big, which is where I thought they were looking, it's Zed Key and Felix Okpara and a bunch of little guys. I mean, you know, 6'6"-ish, 6'7"-ish guys. Not and they'll be a beefy team. I mean, they will not be a you know team that looks like malnourished, but I'm not sure they're going to be a team that is able to handle a lot of size. So if they run into a team with a lot of size, that could be a problem. Of course, as Gary Williams used to say to me, Bruce, they got to play us too when he was playing a three and four guard lineup. So Ohio State may have the ability to play small with four guards if you play uh, Isaac Likely at power forward. He's got the body for it. But what's the combination going to be? They got set theoretically, theoretically, let's talk in the theoretical fantasy world where injuries do. Not intrude and take Seth Towns and Justice Suing away. They'll have those two guys. They will have, you know, their five freshmen coming back. And we'll see. We'll see. Because just about everybody else that was around last year uh, is going to be gone since Malachi Branham has decided he's off to the NBA. And obviously, Michi Johnson transferred. And Justin Arns is transferring, looking at some schools on the West Coast. Jamari Wheeler. Cedric Russell, Jimmy Sotos, they're all out of eligibility. Kyle Young, out of eligibility. E.J. Liddell, off to the NBA. So not a lot of returners, but the youngsters and, of course, Sean McNeil from West Virginia, Tanner Holden from Wright State. I would imagine right now, if you had to bet on who would lead Ohio State in scoring next year, I'd take Tanner Holden, the 6'6 transfer from Wright State, because he can fill it up. And that will be his job, given the fact that they did not go out and get a proven big or a proven backcourt scorer. So that's where we stand with Ohio State basketball. That's the roster. Love it or don't love it, but that is what it is. Okay, reminder, said hello to one of the uh, outstanding partners, my man Stan from Willis-Spangler-Starlin the other day, kind enough to uh, join us at the WRFD Pastor Appreciation Breakfast at the Bridgewater Conference Center. That was a busy day for yours truly. I had the chance to interview the 45th President of the United States, Donald Trump, on my radio show. Talked to uh, Mr. Trump, headed back to the pastor breakfast, came back, did the show, and was happy to see Stan. Stan is a great guy. Stan is a 
fount of information on all things legal, but he's also a great man of faith. If you're looking for a phenomenal law firm, then stop looking, because I've got the firm for you. It's Willis Spangler Starling. They're located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Don't take the faith aspect like, oh, they're going to lay down and be wimpy in court. No, sir. Willis Spangler Starling. They take very seriously Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. They will do the work the way it needs to be done, but always with integrity and character. Your good name will not be besmirched or compromised in any way. Willis Spangler Starling, online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com, W-I-L-L-I-S, willisattorneys.com. They are located physically on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, just a little bit north of the Mill Run area. Okay, now... Let's go to Ohio State football, and let's have a little bit of fun as we fast forward to the 2023 NFL Draft. Teams will be looking at quarterbacks. They're always looking at quarterbacks in the draft. Not so much this year because Kenny Pickett of Pitt was the only quarterback taken in the first round. Des Ritter of Cincinnati went lower than I thought he would. Malik Willis of Liberty went way lower than I thought he would. But who will be looking for a quarterback next year? Well, right now, it looks like the same teams that are looking right now. Houston Texans, Seattle Seahawks, and Carolina Panthers. So you got C.J. Stroud, you've got Bryce Young, and who will be the quarterback to jump up and be the surprise quarterback next year? Would anybody have uh, Malik Willis on their list as he was the top-rated quarterback going into this draft? It wasn't picked that way. There's always a guy, right? It was Zach Wilson from BYU a couple of years ago, and we know about Bryce Young, and we know about C.J. Stroud, but will that quarterback be, I don't know, the kid from Clemson? Will there be somebody at Oklahoma? Will it be Caleb Williams at USC? Uh, No, Caleb Williams is at Oklahoma. No, Caleb Williams is at USC. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think who's at Oklahoma now because, of course, maybe they won't have a quarterback since they don't have Lincoln Riley anymore. Maybe it'll be Spencer Rattler at South Carolina. Who knows? But there'll be somebody And those will be the teams that are searching. Could C.J. Stroud end up on the Detroit Lions? Uh, They have Jared Goff. Who will get Baker Mayfield? You know who looks like, to me, Baker Mayfield kind of fits the attitude-wise? But this would have to take a catastrophic injury or something to get him there. Doesn't Baker Mayfield feel like a Philadelphia Eagle quarterback to you? I know they have Jalen Hurts, and I know they're all in on Jalen Hurts. But I'm saying if Jalen Hurts gets hurt... Maybe the Philadelphia Eagles would uh, part with a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick for Baker Mayfield. And again, uh, there's always the possibility that, I don't know, the New York Giants be done with Daniel Jones by then? Um, They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So what's Brian Dable going to do with Daniel Jones with the New York Giants? He could be a guy that might be looking to get replaced. So there are a lot of places. That's why next year I would bet right now C.J. Stroud will be a top five pick in the NFL draft, and if he is, he's going to cash in, as all quarterbacks do. Okay, what else is out there? I don't watch NBA basketball, but I'm always happy when I hear about a Golden State Warriors loss, and the Warriors lost last night to the Memphis Grizzlies. Ja Morant had 47 points, 47 points, and there was an ejection of Dylan Brooks early in the game, which means that's two games in a row there's been a guy ejected. Yeah, bonus points if you can guess who got ejected for the Warriors in game one. No, cancel that. No bonus points because you know if it's a Warrior who got ejected, it had to be who? Chief Knucklehead Draymond Green. Of course, Draymond Green. And now, and now, a game after getting ejected, 
Draymond Green is likely to get fined for what he did in Game 2 because he was knocked down to the floor in Memphis in the game where the Grizz evened the series at 1-1. to And Draymond Green walked off the floor and, of course, got booed because he's Draymond Green. And he flipped them to bird, as they said in Good Morning Vietnam. And Draymond is looking at getting fined. And, of course, of course, he responded in typical churlish, snarky, Draymond fashion. When asked about flipping off the crowd, he said, they deserve to get flipped off. I make $25 million a year. I'll do an appearance, and I'll pay the fine. Wow, way to hit us with the humility there, Draymond. Thanks for playing our game. Okay, so I'll keep our uh, uh, our our long glance on the NBA because, hey, you know, the Warriors, if they would happen to lose that series in the Western Conference semifinals, that would always be worth a little bit of a chuckle. As for the aftermath of the NFL draft, the big story remains that Baker Mayfield remains a Cleveland Brown. I guess now you wait. Their next open practice is, I think, May the 13th, the start of rookie minicamp. Baker, I don't think, will have to be there for rookie minicamp. He's not going to have to be there for anything. Are they just going to keep him on the shelf the entire year like the Houston Texans did to Sean Watson last year while he was under investigation for all these sexual assaults alleged, not rising apparently to the level of criminal conduct, but certainly to the level where we have civil suits. Reg- I mean, I suppose the Browns could keep Baker Mayfield around, never have him at the facility, but if you're going to trade him, and you're going to want to get something for him. Shouldn't you want him out there working out? I mean, if I'm a team, I want to know that he's at least been out there. He's not sitting around eating cheeseburgers. So, I, again, the Browns have put this off and put this off and put this off. And they've put it off too long. And now they're going to have to deal with it because it's a major distraction unless they deal him before they get back out there for organized team activities. Okay, reminder that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is the official coffee of the we Tackle Life podcast. Great coffee. Phenomenal coffee. You will love it. Order it online. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com You'll get 15% off when you order it. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com Promo code we tackle life in all caps. We Tackle Life in all caps. Okay. Big story on Baker Mayfield. On ESPN.com, Jake Trotter writes it. It's very well researched. A lot of stuff on Odell Beckham and whether Baker Mayfield missing Odell Beckham, the number of times he missed him during this past season, and Odell Beckham being a guy that apparently was very well liked by other Browns team members, poisoned the well for Baker Mayfield with Cleveland teammates. There's some juicy stuff in there, including a vignette where a player is asked if he saw the video that Odell Beckham's father posted to social media about Beckham being underthrown, overthrown, thrown away from him. And the player supposedly said, why would I watch the video? I see it every day in practice. So the drama around Baker Mayfield is just not going to go away until Baker Mayfield goes away. And uh, here's, though, one little stat that might you know provide a little bit of uh-oh among Browns fans. If you think about last season's season opener at Kansas City, the Browns scored on their first three possessions. And Mayfield was completing, what, like 80% of his passes in the first two games? Tore his labrum late in the second game, and after that his completion rate fell to 57%, second worst in the league. So if he gets right, 
Um, and he's obviously he look, he's always been, always, always been chip on the shoulder guy. Right? Left Texas Tech, went to Oklahoma, got something to prove, felt something to prove at Ohio State his senior year. It wouldn't shock me if Baker Mayfield went somewhere and had a really good first year. The question is, and this was what I said about him with the Browns, can he adjust to the adjustment? Can he ever become humble enough to take coaching, listen to people, calm down, focus on winning games, not focus on... It's so hard to trod that line between... Being chip on the shoulder guy and using that as your motivation and not being obsessed with chip on being chip on the shoulder guy and paying attention to what you need to pay attention to that is more of a priority than defending your honor. So that's the thing with Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure he can do that. I'm not sure he can do that. And if he can, well, there's no reason why he can't be a very, very talented and very, very successful NFL quarterback. But if he can't do that, you'll see what you saw in Cleveland. You'll have moments of brilliance and you'll have moments of, ah, where did that come from? So we shall see. Uh, There is some breaking news on Ohio State today, future football schedule-wise, and this is not an opponent down the road that would spark, you know, nearly as much attention as, Ohio State's upcoming series with Notre Dame, obviously this year, the season opener, and playing next year in South Bend, or even their games against Texas in 2025-26, or Alabama in 27-28, or Georgia in 30-31. But it's Boston College, and right now, Jeff Halfley's the coach at Boston College, and right now, Ryan Day's the coach at Ohio State. And obviously, Ohio State got to the playoff with Jeff Halfley as their defensive coordinator a couple of years ago, and Jeff Halfley, I thought, was... Amazing. Uh, He turned Jeff Okuda into a top five pick in the NFL draft. The players loved him. Halfley exuded charisma. Ryan Day exudes charisma. So the question is, would you bet when Ohio State plays Boston College, (laughs) this sounds so stupid, in 2035 and 2036, 13 or 14 years from now, Will Jeff Halfley still be at Boston College, and will Ryan Day still be at Ohio State? No and no, right? No and no. I can't imagine that Ryan Day is going to stay at Ohio State almost 20 years. He's going to get the itch to coach in the NFL at some point, and Jeff Halfley is going to get the opportunity again to coach in the NFL at some point because I know for a fact Halfley had an opportunity uh, after his year at Ohio State And I know for a fact Ryan Day's had an opportunity. So those guys are both going to be in the NFL by then. Well, they might be back in college. Maybe Halfley will be at Ohio State. Weird things happen. You never know. But 2035 and 2036, they were supposed to play two years ago in 2020 and 2021. Then they were supposed to play next year and in 2024. And then they were supposed to play in 2026 and 2027. But... When you can get, Texas is in 2026 and Bama's in 2027. When you can get them, you take them all day long over Boston College. So, uh, yeah, it's funny how far out they schedule these games in advance. But, uh, hey, maybe Boston College will be a huge powerhouse by that time. And maybe Ohio State, who knows? Who knows who will be coaching Ohio State? Would you bet? Who would you bet will be coaching Ohio State in the mid-2030s? Luke Fickle? Brian Hartline? 
Um, C.J. Stroud? I don't know. But uh, I guarantee you Halfley will not be coaching at Boston College then because he's too good of a coach, and that is not nearly a big enough job for a guy like Jeff Halfley. More chance, more chance Ryan Day will be at Ohio State than there is that Jeff Halfley will be at Boston College in 2035. No, I'm not even going to begin to calculate, even though I just did it in my head, how old I'll be when those two teams play in 2035. And no, I'm not going to do a Twitter poll on will Bruce Hooley be alive when Boston College and Ohio State play in 2035. Let's hope so, because I'd like to see my daughters get married and have kids. Which seems like a pretty good time to get into the faith portion of the podcast, actually. Because um, children are a blessing from the Lord, and mine are definitely a blessing to me. And everything that I do and that my beautiful wife does in our life is done, first and foremost, with the well-being of our children, first and foremost, in our minds. And so, as I turn my attention to the faith portion of the podcast today, let me first of all say how blessed my wife and I are that none of our three girls uh, give us the least bit of trouble, the least bit of trouble. I look around at friends of mine, some of whom I'm going to have dinner with tonight, and I am fortunate to be able to surround myself with men, some with some men, because not all of them in my group fall into this category, but with some men whose children are older than my own, and I would be exceedingly grateful if my children turned out like these gentlemen's children have. So I pray about my kids. I pray about their future spouses. I pray about my relationship with my kids. And part of the reason why I have a heart for applying whatever gifts I have in broadcasting to issues right now of current events is, of course, twofold. Number one, because here in Columbus, I've not had an opportunity to do sports radio since 2019. And that's okay because my interests uh, are really not immersed in uh, sports like they used to be. I stay familiar with it. I'm a fan, but I'm not, it doesn't captivate my interests like it used to. I've become much more involved in, in news, politics, culture, because when my kids were, you know, two, five, and seven, the culture was not, in my estimation, (laughs) barking at the door to influence them, to come and get them, to twist their minds. And we have taken purposeful steps, my wife and I, to raise our children um, with a godly home, with godly people around them, and to talk about things that they are challenged by in school and in relationships through a biblical prism. And so one of the issues that rages today in our country, and it's going to rage for a while, is the abortion issue. And you all, I'm sure, have heard of the furor of the leak at the Supreme Court about the decision to overthrow Roe versus Wade. Um, It's interesting to me as I see people of faith react, people who say they are people of faith react, to this decision, and I just can't fathom some of their reactions. For instance, a, a representative from the state of Florida, a congressional, um, a congressman, congresswoman, 
from the state of Florida named Val Demings tweeted this the other day. As a woman of faith, I believe in the dignity and worth of every person. That's why I will always defend a woman's right to choose her own destiny. Okay, so she's coming out in support of being pro-choice on abortion. I'm glad that Val Demings is a woman of faith. I, I also believe in the dignity and worth of every person. And I don't know how you make that statement and then say you're pro-choice because you are completely ignoring the destiny of that child in the womb. There are many ways to frame the abortion argument. I will just frame it this way. I'm not going to go guilt trip. I'm not going to go scripture. I'm, I'm just going to say this. If you leave that child alone, if you leave that woman if you leave that pregnant woman alone, what happens? A child results. A child results. That's my, that's my argument. Like that is a baby because if you leave it alone, if you don't intervene, it's a child. And everybody knows it. I would just be so much more, well, no, I wouldn't be, more respectful of the pro-choice movement if they would just say, I want to have as much sex as I want to have. I want to kill the child if it's going to inconvenience me in my work life or my personal life. And I want to go on having as much sex as I want to have. I do not believe God is conflicted on whether or not a Christian should be pro-life or pro-choice. The Bible is filled with two instances of infanticide. When Moses was a baby, Pharaoh ordered the death of all male children. And when Jesus was a baby, Herod ordered the murder of all young boys trying to exterminate the life of Christ. The Bible says that Satan has been a murderer since his youth. I believe Satan delights in the murder of unborn children solely because they are children who have potential to glorify God in this life, but also because abortion wreaks psychological havoc with women who suffer it, women who undergo it willingly or unwillingly if they're forced into it by the man who got them pregnant. I just believe that abortion is the source of much pain in our country. It is obviously now the source of much anger and rancor in our country, and I believe that in some people's eyes when I see them react, to protect abortion, the anger that I see is demonic, unhinged, satanic. I don't believe that's even remotely a question that people of faith should struggle with. And so I am unabashedly pro-life. And I believe that anyone like Val Demings, who purports to be pro-life, pro-faith should be pro-life as well. One last thing before I get out of this podcast, I want to shout out a listener in Belmont County. I want to shout out Eric from Crossroads Farm. I had a wonderful conversation with Eric the other night because he responded to my inquiry about Patriot Switch. And Eric has been a member of the private shopping club that I want to introduce you to for 20 years. And if any of you are interested in buying uh, grass-fed or high-quality beef, lamb, poultry, 
Eric is in that business and he has customers in Central Ohio. And I'd love if he got a few more customers because he seemed like a really neat guy. So Eric is on Facebook at Crossroads, two words, Crossroads Farms. And you can inquire of him on Facebook. But I just really enjoyed my conversation with Eric. And I would enjoy the same conversation with you if you have an interest in being purposeful with your shopping dollars and shopping from a pro-life company that makes all the stuff you're already buying. Go to PatriotSwitch.com, click on the down menu, Bruce Hooley, and I will get in touch with you. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. Sorry the podcast was a day late. Appreciate all of you guys so much. Hope you have a great day, and I will talk to you again on the very next edition of the We Tackle Life podcast.